Guys, I think anytime you combine basements and banjos and church, like you are doing it. And I, I grew up in Gumboro, Delaware, like inland Sussex, you guys. And so I'm all about some banjos. If somebody could just deliver me some scrapple right now, I would feel right at home. But that was so awesome. And can you give up for Josh and Rob who led us this morning? So good. I love that. I also want to say again, hey, hey to everyone joining us online. And we know who's been watching already this morning. RJ sent me uh, some names of people who have been liking it and commenting during the the, uh, worship. So what's up, Kevin and Lisa Dennis? Hey, Thomas Walsh. Hey, Leslie Eichton. I think Leslie's up in Connecticut, and Leslie's going to be back next weekend. And so uh, can you guys give it up for our online family just one more time? So glad you guys are with us. One last shout out. I I wanted to point out the person who switches between all these cameras. You see all these cameras? We've got a camera here. There's a camera there. There's a camera in the back. But what you don't see is there's a person, a volunteer, in our, in like deep in the basement. Like in a glorified closet, you guys, who switches between all of these cameras. And it's, um, uh, we got a picture of Kathy Fowler. We're going to put Kathy up on the screen. Look, any volunteer who can smile like that, when you put them in a basement, in a closet, in a basement, and they spend the whole morning by themselves, like that's an amazing volunteer. And so Kathy is literally like through that wall over there. So can you get so loud that Kathy can actually hear you guys? Can you give it up for Kathy? (laughs) Woo! Love it. All right, Kathy, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And uh, that's the last song I'm going to make you clap for a while, okay? So this is week two of this series that we've been in called Keep Your Head Up because, man, isn't there so much trying to keep our head down right now? I mean, we got pandemic problems. We got economic problems. We got problems in the line at Marshall's over here. Every other register is closed. Who has stood in that line all the way around the store? Who stood in it? Some of you are not telling the truth. All right, one person. Yeah, there's a lot more people in that line in there. But we got problems everywhere you look. Have you noticed this? And so that's why we're doing this series, because we're talking about how to keep your head up, how to keep my head up, how to keep our head up when everything is trying to keep our head down. Now, I, I want to introduce today's topic um, by, by asking you if you want to hear, conf- hear a pastor confession. Anyone want to hear a pastor confession? You want to hear about my issues? Don't you just feel better about yourself when you hear about the pastor's problems? (laughs) All right, so here's my uh, pastor confession. All right, here it is. Hi, my name is Joel, and I complain a lot. Hi, Joel. (laughs) It's true. I complain a lot. Like right now, my wife is thinking, like, preach it, brother. He does complain a lot. And let me tell you a story uh, about that. So um, when I was 20 years old, I was a cook. At the Georgia House Restaurant. Anybody remember the Georgia House Restaurant? I worked in Millsboro. Now, when I was 20, like, that was the place to go eat in Millsboro. Now, it was the only place to go eat in Millsboro, but it was still the place to go eat in Millsboro. And they had this, like, signature menu item. It was the Kentucky Salad. 
Come on, yeah, raising hands to that, Laurie. I mean, praise the Lord for the Kentucky salad. What made the Kentucky salad so good was the fresh buttermilk chicken that was put on top of that thing. Like, I can hear angels singing right now just thinking about it. And when I was a cook there, guess who made that fresh buttermilk fried chicken? <laughs> Gilbert. Gilbert made it. But when Gilbert was off, guess who made that fresh buttermilk fried chicken? No, Mike. Okay, I was the number three guy. I was the number three guy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I remember one Friday night, Gilbert and Mike were both off, and so the number three guy was up, and so I was like trying to prove my spot, get my spot cooking there at the restaurant, and I was like making all these buttermilk fried chickens, and at the end of the night, nobody had ever taught me how to like clean the fryer, and so at the end of the night, my coworker Bird, you heard that right, Bird, said to me, he was like, hey, Joel, can you like clean, clean the fryer? And I was the, what number guy? The number three guy. But I'm trying to become the number two guy. So I was like, I got it, bird. And so I'm like, you know, scrubbing the fryer, scrubbing the sides of the fryer. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm scrubbing it. I'm trying to do everything I can to, like, clean all the flour that i gotten on the fryer during cooking off of this thing. At, at which point, one, one point, my hand slipped, and it went into the fryer. My, my hand went into the fryer, you guys. And I am 99% sure I did not say a cuss word. But I'm 100% sure I thought one, okay? It was like, I think my hand turned into Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I'm also not sure that we cleaned out the fryer oil after that because we were in a panic. And so if you had a Kentucky salad the next day, you're probably eating part of my hand. Anyway, don't worry about it. Keep your head up. <laughs> but that's the worst time I've ever burnt my hand. But a few weeks ago, I burned my hand cooking some cheesy garlic bread. And, mmm, yes. And it was, the, the oven was 450 degrees, and what happened is I pulled the pan out of the oven, and apparently steam was stuck in the lip of the pan. And when I pulled that thing out, okay, steam, like a locomotive, attacked these two fingers. And I'm pretty sure my hand turned into cheesy garlic bread because I, I screamed in the middle of the kitchen, and I, and I screamed like Marv from Home Alone. You remember that scream in that movie? <laughs> we have a picture if you don't. Like, this is, there, there it is. That was me. I screamed, I literally dropped the pan, and it hurt so bad, and so for the rest of the night, I complained to my wife, Stacy so much, I was like, baby, I think I'm going to lose my two fingers. Baby, we need, to, we, need, we need to call the ambulance. Baby, you remember childbirth? Like, this is way worse. Do they give men epidurals? Like, I just need, like, I'm hurting so bad right now. I complained all night long. To Stacy, and then that Sunday, that Sunday, I wanted to complain to Bo, our worship leader, who's off today, and um, and Phil Hudson, and so I, I went right back there in the back of the room in this corner, and I was like, guys, do I have an injury story for you all? And they interrupted me, and Phil, this is a true story. Phil said, "Well, wait, Joel, did I tell you that I accidentally stabbed myself in the leg with a knife this week?" I'm like, "Oh my goodness, are you okay?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I super glued it shut." I'm like, you, you, are you ramp? Like, who are you? And then Barry, he, Bo, he, he was like, guys, you remember when I almost cut my finger off with a sawzall? He's like, I can't even totally move it now, but look at this scar. And I'm over here, I'm looking at my two hurdy fingers. <laughs> and they looked at me like, Joel, tell us about your injury story. I'm like, don't worry about it, I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, what was I going to say? Like, I got hurdy fingers from cooking cheesy garlic bread. I didn't know what to say. My point is, 
I complain a lot. Does anybody else complain sometimes? Anybody else complain? Anybody complain this morning? Look, two hands, but there it is. See, it's so easy. Isn't it so easy to find something to complain about? It's so easy. Just think about the stuff we complain about. We complain about the weather. In July, we're like, it is too hot. In January, we're like, I just wish it was July. We complain about waiting in line at the Starbucks drive-thru over here. Uh, yeah, it's like, we're like, my SUV tail is right out here on Route 1 because all these people getting their frappuccinos. We complain that hot coffee is hot. We complain when the internet goes out. You want to see the pastor lose it, cut my internet at 8 p.m. tonight. Like, I will complain. We complain during this pandemic, all right? Like, like half of us are like, no, I can't believe we've got to wear face masks. No, no nobody's going to tell me what to do. The government's going to tell me where we wear face masks. The other half of us, we're wearing face masks in our car while we're driving alone. <laughs> right? And I'm not going to say what side I'm on because I'm trying to keep my head up and live, all right? But anyway, we complain during the stay-at-home orders that we are home too much. But before the stay-at-home orders, we were complaining that we were at work too much. Am I reading anybody's mail right now? And so here's my point. Here's my point. I submit that there is a new pandemic in town. And it's the pandemic of complaining. And if you're a Jesus follower, we, we, we need to flatten the curve on the pandemic of complaining. Oh, I am fired up about this. We need to flatten the, cam- the, the um, curve on the pandemic of complaining. And here's my big idea. If you're taking notes with us today or you're watching online, the big idea today is this. And we'll put this on the screen. Gratitude. Gratitude is the vaccine for the pandemic of complaining. Gratitude is your vaccine for the pandemic of your complaining. Does that give anybody a happy face just just thinking about this? I'm so psyched about today. So just bear with me. I'm I'm a little excitable today. Now, I want to read to you, you know, I said something about a happy face. I want to read to you one of the, the best verses ever in the Bible. It's Proverbs 15, 13, and we'll throw it on the screen. And, and it's, well, hold on, just wait one second. Some people are taking pictures of the screen of the gratitude. Let's go back to gratitude. Okay, get, get your pictures. Uh, yeah. So you got to remember this. Gratitude is the vaccine for the pandemic of complaining. Got it. Okay, let's go to the next one. <laughs> Proverbs 15, 13, great verse. It says this. It says, A. A glad heart makes a happy face. A glad heart makes a happy face. I need everybody to show me your best happy face right now. Let me see your best happy face. I can't, I can't see anything. I believe you, though, that you got a happy face in there somewhere. I saw some of your eyebrows move just a little bit. Some of your eyebrows didn't move, all right, because you're not playing my games or because you got Botox recently. I don't really know. Um, there's the happy faces right there. Have you, have you ever met somebody who when they smile, their whole face smiles? You met somebody like that? That's my wife. When my wife smiles, her whole face smiles, and I, I love it. I remember when we were dating, um, we were at the flea market in Laurel. Keep your head up, all right? And we ran into my old youth pastor, and he met my wife, or my girlfriend at the time, but um, my future wife, Stacy, and, um, and he said, your, your whole face smiles when you smile. I remember him saying that, and then he pulled me aside, true story, and he said, Joel, you're going to want to go ahead and lock that down, because <laughs> she's going to find out that she's way out of your leg, so you need to go ahead, and so anyway, I was like, thanks for the encouragement, I'm like, but anyway, 
But listen, you, you don't need Botox for a happy face. You don't need anti-aging cream for a happy face. You, you don't need lasers in your face. If you, if you want to improve the curb appeal of your face, put a smile on it. In fact, if you're sitting next to your spouse, turn to them and say, if you want to improve the curb appeal of your face, just kidding, never say that to your spouse. That will never work out for you. <laughs> but if you do want to improve the curb appeal of your face, put a smile on it. And do you know where that smile comes from? Gratitude. Gratitude. Okay, and you know how I know? Because isn't it true that it's hard to frown and be thankful at the same time? Isn't, isn't that true? And it's not just the, the Bible that pushes the benefits of, of gratitude in our life. I read an article today um, on positive psychology, or not today, but this week, on, it's, it's a website called Positive Psychology, and it was talking about the neuroscience of gratitude. And it was these psychologists talking about the measurable differences that gratitude can give you in life. So we know what Proverbs says about it, but, but they had five things that they say gratitude gives you, psychologists say. And so we'll, we'll put these five things up on the screen. They said that gratitude eliminates toxic emotions. It reduces pain. It improves sleep quality. Come on. Gratitude improves our ability to manage stress. And it reduces anxiety and depression. Does, doesn't this sound like a late night infomercial miracle drug? <laughs> but I am so down, okay? Like, I'm like, here's my credit card. L listen, if you are a parent with young children, would you like to improve your sleep quality? Yes or no? Yes. Right? If, if, you are, um, if you have aches and pains because you're a little more advanced in years, you're seasoned, you're vintage. Okay, anyway, <laughs> would you like to reduce some pain in your life? Sorry. If you've gone through a bad breakup and you're like all, you know, all anger all the time, would you like to eliminate those toxic emotions? Yes. And so what's that miracle drug? It's gratitude, gratitude. According to Proverbs, okay, gratitude is what gives us a glad heart. That's what gives us a, makes our face happy. And so if you're watching online right now, just put in the comments gratitude because that's what we're going to talk about today. Everybody just say gratitude. Just say gratitude. Could you use a little bit of it today? Yes. yes. Do you complain more than you want to? Yes. Me too. So here's what I'm, I'm doing. Um, if you were here last weekend, uh, one of the things I said in my message is I said, every time I think something bad, I'm thanking God for something good. You remember that? After I said that, I mean, it, just a little, little insight to a preacher. I was like, oh, that's a good line. I was like, that's a good one. I know that they're going to be talking about over lunch at Cracker Barrel today. They're all going to be like, never a man spake like that man spake. Okay, like they're going to be like, that's a, I was like, I was feeling good about that line. And then right when I got done, I was like, you know, feeling good about that line. I, I took a step off the stage. And somebody from our church came up to me, and they're like, you know, that's good. That's good. But they said, you know, if every time you think one bad thing and you thank God for one good thing, that's kind of like one for one. They're like, it's like one step back, one step forward, but you're not really, like, going anywhere. He said, you know what would be even better? If every time you had one bad thought, you thank God for two good things. Then it was like one step back, then two steps forward, and then you're like moving forward. And I was like, why you got to be messing with my preaching lines, man? <laughs> why I got to go and make it all better like that, okay? But it is. It's, it's so much better. And so this is what I started on Monday. I started a gratitude journal 
And every day I started writing down at least two things. I'm not going to be going backwards or saying, you know, in place. At least two things that I'm grateful for every single day. And most of the time I would do this while I was jogging, which I would not recommend jogging down the road like writing on your phone. But I started a little thing on my phone under notes called a gratitude journal. So let me, let me just read you a few things that I've written so far. So on Monday, first time, first day, I wrote, I am so grateful that it was 72 degrees and perfect at 6 a.m. for a great run. I'm grateful that Stacy and I both have great jobs that we love, plus great kids that we love, even though one didn't eat their grapes this morning for breakfast. I know, I complained in there a little bit, but it was the first day of the gratitude journal. I'm still working things out. On Tuesday, I wrote, I'm grateful for air conditioning at night. Come on. I wrote, I'm grateful for almonds in the morning. I love some good almonds in the morning. And I'm grateful that my wife sent me a text message that says, what? I can't read you what that text message says. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Move on. Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm so thankful that my parents introduced me to Jesus. That literally changed my eternity. And I'm also thankful for this week because my daughter told me that she asked Jesus to live in her heart. And it doesn't get any better than that, right? So I wrote that down on Wednesday. This morning during worship, I wrote down that I'm so, so, so grateful to get to be back in church again. And I wrote that I love our church, I love our volunteers, and I love all you guys. I love this church. And so like every day this week, I wrote down at least two things that I was grateful for. And, and let me tell you, my, my faith moved forward. Like I felt like I moved forward in life, and I had like a happier face. And so why does a gratitude journal work? Because gratitude is the vaccine for the pandemic of complaining. And that's why. And so if you're struggling to keep your head up right now, and I know so many of us are, but gratitude, maybe that's your miracle drug. A gratitude journal and what God's done in your life, maybe that is your miracle drug. And I I don't know who this is for, but we'll we'll put this on the screen because I think this is kind of for everybody. What is the key to a happier life and face, remember Proverbs 15, 13, is to write down two things that you're grateful for every day. What if something as simple as a gratitude journal on your phone could change how you looked at life? Would you, would you do it? Would, it? would it be worth it if it helped you keep your head up? Absolutely. And, and you might say, well, I, you know, Pastor Joe, I don't have anything to write in my journal. My life is a country song. My dog walked out on me. Like, it's just not good. Listen, my, my dog likes my wife better than me, all right? So I get that whole mentality. But I want to give everybody your very first entry in your gratitude journal. All right, so by show of hands, I just need everybody who's here um, to raise your hand if you are breathing. Raise your hand if you're breathing, breathing. Almost everybody, that's fantastic. (laughs) Back rows, not sure. But anyway, do you know who put that breath there? The creator of the universe. And so even if your dog walks out on you, the creator of the universe put breath in you. So you got something to put in your gratitude journal. And if you start a gratitude journal this week, let, let, let me just tell you, by Wednesday, you're going to be like, well, I'm, you know, I'm tired. I, I think, I, you know, I, this ran its course. I don't really need to do it anymore. Listen, keep going. Keep grinding. Keep doing this gratitude journal because the point of a gratitude journal is it forces you to find the awesome in your life. And even when life is bad, you always have something awesome in your life. And when life is not awesome, what, you know what you do? You bust out your gratitude journal. And you start reading all the awesome that our great God has done in your life. And that is what puts that happy face, that smile, that glad heart in you. 
Gratitude is the vaccine for the pandemic of complaining. And so how many of you are going to do that with me this week? You're going to do the gratitude journal? How many of you are going to go past Wednesday? You're going to go push past Wednesday. Now, you, you raise your hand in church, so you have to do it. So it's a gratitude journal. It's going to help us with complaining. Now, um, I know some of you are like, well, Joel, can we you know, talk a little more about the Bible? Like, I, you know, I came here, I registered, so let's, let's get more into the Bible. And so let, 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 me, let, me, let me help you out with that. Um, I want to talk to you about a guy named Paul. Um, Paul, if anybody could complain... And what we're about to read, it would be a guy named Paul. Because when Paul wrote Philippians, he was in a Roman prison. And we're not talking like a modern-day prison, you know, with like cable TV and vending machines. We're talking like a dank Roman prison. And there is like, there's, he's probably standing in open sewage. Uh, he probably had bugs and rats on him. Like, Paul had a lot that he could have complained about, right? Right? And so let's see what Paul said in a, a dank Roman prison in Rome or Philippians chapter 4 starting verse 4 Paul says this rejoice rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again are they that two rejoices if I'm Paul I'm like what what do you are you are you serious Paul you you know you got like a prison rat coming out your prison jumpsuit right now okay like what what are you rejoicing about and he's like listen I got I'm so happy I got two things to rejoice about. I'm saying it two times, which means kind of like pay attention. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is, is, the Lord is near, Paul. Do you mean like bugs are near? On your jumpsuit, man? Like what, what, what do you mean? But Paul knew, even in his situation, that God was near. And he goes on, and he says this. He says, do not, next verse is coming. Maybe it's not. It's not there. All right, let me just read it for you. He says, do not be Oh, there it is. What's this word? Anxious. Anxious. Hold on to that word. We're going to come back to that. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, including yours, including Paul's, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, does that sound like gratitude? With thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the, what's this word? Peace. Peace. Anxious. Peace. Hold on to those. Of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxious. Peace, anxious, peace. Anx- you see these two words, anxious and peace? This is so great. All right, so in the Greek, that word anxious, we'll put this up on the screen. That word anxious is mermano. Everybody say mermano. Probably saying that wrong, but mermano. All right. Peace, the word in Greek for peace is irene. Everybody say irene. Now you officially know all the Greek that I know, okay? Not bad for a kid from Gumbra like Scrapple. But anyway, Anxious is miramano, peace is irene in this verse. Now, that word miramano in the Greek uh, actually means to be pulled apart. It means to, to be pulled in many different directions, to be pulled apart. Have you felt pulled apart recently? Felt pulled apart at work? Pulled apart at home? Pulled apart as a parent? Pulled apart when you turn on the news, hello? Like, we all know what it's like to be pulled apart. And Paul definitely knows what it's like to be pulled apart because he's in this danky and stanky prison. And so we got these two things. Now, the word miramano, again, means to be pulled apart. But irene means the exact opposite. It means to be made whole. To be pulled apart is anxious. To be made whole is irene. And I think that 
he used these words because Paul knew, and I know, that God's the only one who can make us whole. And it's his peace, which is the best peace that can guard our hearts and our minds when our life gets pulled apart. So I want to illustrate this to you guys. Um, I have um, about 40 or 50 play pit balls up here. Parents, you know about these right here? These things give me nightmares. And, and here's why these give me nightmares. Because uh, my, parent, my parents give my kids the worst Christmas gifts ever. Like, the reason, they're not bad gifts. My kids love the gifts. The reason they're bad gifts is because they send me home with these gifts with my children. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. I know, it sounds like I'm complaining. I am, but I'm just kind of working things out still. But anyway, here's some gifts that my parents have gotten my kids before. All right, my, my parents got my boy Nixon a drum set one time. Send my man home with a drum set. Another time, true story, they, they gave my kids an indoor roller coaster. It was like 16 feet long, about 4 feet high. At the time, our house was about 30 feet wide, okay? So you do the math. It's like Butch wearing a triple extra small T-shirt, all right? It's just not going to work. It doesn't work out. So they, they've given my kids drum sets. They've given my kids indoor roller coasters. Um, and then a few years ago, they, they gave our kids this inflatable play place thingy. And there was about 250 of these balls in the play place thingy. And so um, do you want to see what my house looked like for about two years straight? You want to see what my house looked like for two years straight? All the type A people are like, why, why you got to be doing it? Why you got to do it? Like, all the kids are like, can I get one of those? All right, can I get one of those? But this is what my house looked like for like two years straight. And every time I saw these, like, it's it stressed me out. Okay, is anybody kind of stressed out right now just by these? Like, Nixon's getting his ball right now. He's going to take it home with him. But let, let's just say that um, this represents stress in our life. See, my kids are trying to get all these. See? <laughs> well, let's say that, all right, come back to me. Come back to me. You're all like, oh, color bottle. Oh, look at that. Um, but let's say this, these represent the stress and the worries in our life. The, the things that pull us apart. Miramano, anxious, the things that pull us apart. And here's what happens in our life. We, we, we go through life, and we have a plate. Everybody's got a plate when you go through life. And, 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 and one day, sometimes, the air conditioning stops working. You ever had that happen before? What happens? We pick that stress up from that air conditioning not working. We put it on our plate. But then the air conditioning gets fixed. Come on now. But then you get the bill for the air conditioning to get fixed. And you got to, like, sell the family cat to pay for it. So what happens? We pick up some more stress. We put it on our plate. And then you get a notification that your teenager posted something on Instagram. So you go to take a look. <laughs> and you are hashtag not psyched about it, okay? And you are stressed out. So you put this on your plate. And then, you know, you, you, you get stay-at-home orders for three months straight with your kids and their drum sets. And you are stressed out. And then you get all these things in life. You, you get car payments, car bills, repairs, all this stuff that, that we just that stresses us out, that worries us. And, and some of you are stressed out about me carrying this right now, aren't you? But what happens is we got a mess all around us of stresses that we pick up through life all the time, all the work stresses, all the home stresses, everything out, all the news stresses, and we're trying to carry this all on our plate, and we have anxiety. We are complaining. This is what makes us complain. We're being pulled apart in every direction, and eventually something is going to trip us up because we can't carry this, and we're going to drop all that. And our peace 
It's going to go in every single direction like all this stuff. And then eventually we start picking all this stuff up right away. And we just got all this stuff that pulls us apart in life. Does this sound like anybody else's life? That these things pull you apart? And so Paul, he said, don't be anxious. Don't let all this stuff pull you apart. You, you, need, you need peace. You, you, you can't carry all that on your plate. You need peace. You need irene. You need to be made whole. You need this. And let's say this isn't a bunch of pieces. This, is, this represents the peace of God. This represents to be made whole. And this is what guards and covers our hearts and our minds. And so when I'm holding on to this, am I worried about dropping it? Are worried about dropping it? And I'm like the world's worst basketball player, okay? And I'm still not worried about dropping this. When I'm holding on to the peace of God, and this is covering my heart and my mind, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not complaining. I'm not stressed. I'm not worried. I don't have fear because I can walk through all of my life's messes, and I can hold on to this right here. And what I've learned in my life is that when I try to balance all of life's stresses, that's when I get into the biggest messes. But when I just hold on to the peace of God, it transcends, God's peace transcends all understanding and it guards my heart and my mind when life tries to pull me apart. It's the, it's the peace of God, people. Could anybody use any of this to just kind of cover up and guard your heart and your mind? Look, this is available to everyone. And if this worked for Paul in a danky and stanky prison, it can work for every single one of us. And so keep your head up because you're holding on to the, the prince of peace. And it's his peace that guards us. It's his peace that helps us keep our head up and helps us have that happy face that we read about in Proverbs 15 and 13. And so Paul said, Paul said again, let's look at that, that verse in verse, verses 6 through 7. He said, do not be anxious. Don't be, don't be pulled apart about anything that's on this ground, okay? But in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving... Present your request to God, gratitude journal, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, will make you whole, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, thank you, Butch. You might say, okay, that sounds, that sounds good, nice illustration, but like, I, I, need, I need something else. Like, well, what else can you give me on this whole peace, gratitude thing? Can I just show you how Paul wraps this, this whole section up? In Philippians 4, verse 8, Paul says this, and we'll put this on the screen. He says, finally, which means the pastor's almost over. <laughs> so if you need a second thing for your gratitude journal today, <laughs> finally. All right, the pastor's almost done. All right, so that's good news. Um, finally, brothers and sisters, Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think, think, think about such things. In other words, how you keep your head up comes down to how you fill your head up. How you keep your head up comes down to how you fill your head up. If you fill your head up with gratitude, that gratitude will overflow into your life. It will pour out of your life and pour into your life. How you keep your head up comes down to how you fill your head up. So I got, I got one last illustration. Can you guys hang with me for one last illustration? All right, this is my, some of you are like, I'm not really sure, but I'm going to do it anyway, all right? So, all right, so um, uh, 
Rob and Josh are bringing out a table. All right, these guys, can, they're not only banjo players and our worship people, but they're also my prop people. So can you give it up for these guys? Give them a hand. They didn't know that I was going to, like, make them carry this up on, like, a set of American Gladiator. Like, there's stuff everywhere. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. I got a glass here. Let's say, thank you guys. Let's say that this glass represents your life. All right, this, this represents your life. This represents your thoughts. This represents your dreams. This represents your hopes. All right, this, this, is, this is your life. And let's say that this is your life back in January. Life was good in January, right? I mean, come on. Back in January, your kids' school was still rolling. Come on, parents. Back in January, the economy was on fire. It's good. Back in January, listen, if you owned a Jeep, you were still pumped about it because you didn't know about the Ford Bronco that had come out, all right? In January, the Ravens were still in the playoffs. Come on, Ravens fans. Just three of us, all right? Yes. But man, this was, this was life good, right? January life was good, right? But then March showed up, and a pandemic happened. And when the pandemic happened, you started to worry about your work. You started to worry about your paycheck. Then you got an email from your boss, and there was that one line in that email, you know, the one line you, like, analyze, and you're like, what does that actually mean for me? And you got worried about that, and then your kids started playing on the drum set that your parents got them for Christmas, and you're stressed out, and your kid is playing the drum set while riding on the indoor roller coaster, and your kid falls off and hurts himself and needs you, and so you are stressed. Life is kind of struggling. At the same time, your kid needs you. Your spouse needs you. Your boss is calling you. The air conditioning stops working in the middle of July. You go on vacation and it's raining your whole vacation. And so like, this is what life started to look like, right? Then you turn on the news and the news, you know, just everything's bad. And then the news talked about murder hornets. (laughs) Now we got murder hornets, okay? So like, all this stuff and and, and we're stressed out. And this kind of, does this look like anybody's life in like over the last few months, Right? And so, like, this stuff gets in our thoughts, and it pours into our life. This becomes our life. It overflows. It pours into our life. But Paul said, don't be anxious. Don't be pulled apart about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so what's the cure? For this. The cure for this is a big old picture of gratitude in your life. And what that looks like is you, you gotta start writing in your gratitude or in your gratitude journal and, and you gotta start praying and thinking and petitioning and praying and thinking and writing down whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is admirable and lovely and excellent, and praiseworthy, and you just keep thinking about these things. Now, 
you do that by filling out this gratitude journal that we talked about earlier today. Now, some of you, you're going to get to Wednesday, and you're going to look at your cup, and it's still going to look like this. And you're going to be like, well, I'm going to quit. Because, look, I mean, it's, it's not really helping. And listen, you can't quit. you got to keep grinding. you got to keep being grateful. you got to keep thinking and petitioning and praying and thinking about whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And just when you're getting a little tired of doing it, you keep doing it. You keep writing in your gratitude journal while you're running down the road because you're jogging. Well, what are you writing in your gratitude journal? Are you complaining? No, you're writing about whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And you put that in your gratitude journal and it changes what happens in your life. But a month from now, you're not done yet, okay? So you keep going, and you keep filling this thing, and you keep filling it up, and you keep filling it up, and you just... Now look at this. And what happens is these thoughts pour... When we fill our thoughts like this, when we fill it with thankful things, grateful things, this overflows into our life, and it pours out into our life. And that's how you have a glad heart, which makes a happy face. Gratitude... Gratitude is the vaccine for the pandemic of complaining. A glad heart makes a happy face. And so how do you flatten the curve? How do you flatten the curve on, pan, on, on the pandemic of complaining? Gratitude. Gratitude. And a gratitude journal. And, and let me just tell you, I want you guys to do that with me this week. Because the peace of God which is what makes us whole, okay? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And what you put, what you fill your head up with, overflows into your life, and it changes how you see life. And so let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you give us actual case studies of a guy named Paul who can sit in a Roman prison and say, rejoice, rejoice. And he talked to us about praying and petitioning and, and doing it with thanksgiving. And when we do that, your peace guards our hearts and our minds. And Jesus, I know we're at a time where there is so much around us that is just everywhere. We feel, feel pulled apart in every direction like that Greek word for anxious. We feel pulled apart. But God, help us to know that it's your peace that can make us whole. And that when we pour your peace, your thankfulness, your, the things that we're thankful for into um, our life, and we write those things down, and we look at those things, that guards our heart. And that's not just positive psychology or positive thinking. It's actually what you said in your word. And so, God, I just pray that we'll do that with Thanksgiving this week. We'll have a gratitude journal, and we won't be pulled apart. We will be made whole. In Jesus' name, amen.